0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Noblesville First, and all of you here, you get extra credit for showing up in spite of losing an hour last night. And those of you watching online, we're just glad you're here as well. We invite you to light a candle in your home to represent God's presence with you as you join us here as well. We're in the midst of our series this Lenten season on the most important prayer of all, The Lord's Prayer, given to us, uh, not just for the disciples several years ago, but for us today, as we're focusing on all the meaning and spiritual formation it provides for us. In that spirit, I invite you to join in the responsive sharing of our call to worship. The Lord is our light and our salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of our life. Let us seek the Lord's face in this time of worship. We will honor God's presence in our prayers and in our praise. Please stand as we join together and sing, ye servants of God. pray Lord bring your spirit upon us as we seek to understand better what it means to be a part of your kingdom to bring this kingdom to here on earth may our hearts be open may we hear your words of proclamation may we sing with great joy and may we experience the unity of our fellowship all this we share in your blessed name amen you may be seated She's a sweetheart. I hope you get to know her. So I had a prisoner in one of my former congregations. Her name was Evelyn. And she had diabetes, and the result was she eventually became blind. And that happened just a little before I arrived there as their pastor, and she was still adjusting to that new reality. And it wasn't long after that... Uh, From living in the home of one of her children, they realized that in spite of the big family that they had, they just could not take care of her any longer, so she got put into a nursing home. The interesting thing about Evelyn is the family said she was a cat with nine lives. I can think of four occasions where I and all the family was called to the hospital because they thought this was it, this was it, and somehow she'd get through that and live for several more months, and then it would happen again. But I remember on one occasion, she had just gotten into the nursing home and she got put in the hospital and I was going to go see her. And I can remember walking down the hallway and I hear someone yelling out. They were just almost screaming in despair, but they were saying the Lord's Prayer. And as I got closer, I realized, this is Evelyn. So I walked in that room and I joined with her saying the Lord's Prayer together. And it was amazing how by joining in, her spirit calmed and the pain that she was experiencing seemed to subside. And that loneliness, that isolation from her blindness, she didn't feel as helpless because we had joined together in this very special prayer. Well, I think this prayer is a special one. It is the most important prayer of all could because it was given to us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not just to the disciples, but it is still so relevant, it speak to us today, 2,000 plus years later. And so our goal in this series is to try to grasp all the meaning we can from this. To appreciate the spiritual formation that Jesus is trying to get across to us. Because this is not some formula that somehow magically gets God's attention. It's a prayer intended to shape us and our understanding of who God is and who God needs to be in our lives. So last week we started this series and we began with the words, the first word is our in this prayer. That tells us that our faith is lived in community with others. Our father suggests that we are praying to a God who wants what is best for us just like an earthly father would. We talked about heaven, they understood in those days as three tiers of heaven that suggests to us that God is in the heavens and that means God is over all things, but also close enough that God's in the air that we breathe. And then we finish by saying that God's name is to be hallowed or made holy by the lives that we live. So today we move to the next phrase. Say it with me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we begin with that word thy. You use that all the time, right? How's thy doing today? But there's something about using the King's English with this prayer that really works, doesn't it? It it just suggests the majesty of God. And it helps identify the contrast that Jesus is trying to help us see. Thy kingdom come versus my kingdom come. And that is a very distinct difference. And how important that is because how many times do we pray to God about what we want? It's about me. It's about my. Instead of seeking out, God, what do you want? How do you want me to live? And we're plagued by this. I think we live in a a culture that has a consumer religion mentality. It's all about meeting my needs. Families choose their church based on if their kids like it or not, not is this a faith community that's talking about serving with our faith. And if you've had children or have children right now, you've had that universal experience. Have you ever had a a friend over with their child and you're having a play date or something to that effect and you're watching them play and your child's got their toys out and a toy that they haven't touched in weeks As soon as the other child grabs it, mine! And then you're embarrassed and have to try to teach them about sharing. But you know, adults, we're just a little better at disguising that when we get older. we got a mind syndrome too. And so it's a human problem. And Jesus shares this prayer as an antidote to that mind syndrome. As a matter of fact, the early church, they appreciated this prayer so much, they prayed it three times a day, every day. In the morning when they got up, at noontime when they ate, and in the evening to remind themselves thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Our next phrase, kingdom. Kingdom is another word that's hard for us to Fully grasp and appreciate, because we don't live in kingdoms anymore. We don't have kings or queens, and I know some of us have an obsession with royalty in England, but for most of us, we don't quite get what is a kingdom exactly. But in biblical times, they used that word in its best sense that you had a benevolent king or queen who did what was in the best interest of the kingdom, of the people, the common people. And of course, many would get obsessed with power. But as it's shared in our scriptures, thy kingdom means that God is wanting what is best for all, as well as what is best for you. If we remember Genesis 1, we know that the entire universe is God's creation, which makes the entire universe God's kingdom. So it might be puzzling to know why do we pray thy kingdom come if it's already here? And the answer is found later in that chapter of Genesis. You go down to 28 and it says these words, God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and everything crawling on the ground. To take charge means to rule or have dominion. It's literally saying God has given us the keys to the kingdom. And here's the problem. We human beings are really good at messing it up. Very quickly, Adam and Eve eat the forbidden fruit. Cain kills Abel. In the sixth chapter of Genesis, you got Lamech killing another human being. And by the end of that chapter, you have God bemoaning that God created humanity in the first place. And so the flood comes along to start over. All that occurs in the first six chapters of the Bible. Adam Hamilton says it well. These stories are not told in Scripture to recount ancient history, but to teach us about ourselves. Because we can be a violent race. In the previous century, over 100 million lives were lost because of war. Millions more died of starvation and malnutrition and related diseases. All that in happens in a world where in the United States 70 million people are classified as obese and 99 million considered overweight, which includes me. There's a gap between the way God intends the world to be and the way it is. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, we're acknowledging both our need for God's work in the world and we are literally volunteering every time we say this prayer What can I do? Lord, use me. Make me an instrument. Help me be someone that makes your kingdom become a reality here on earth. And we know what that kingdom looks like. If you read Luke 17, verses 20 to 21, I won't take time to read those words. But it says basically, Jesus says, the kingdom's right here in front of you. I'm showing you what it looks like. Do what I do. Listen to what I say. Live it. And you'll make the kingdom a reality. And Jesus reinforced that when when he began his public ministry in Luke chapter 4. He came to the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth. And there they gave him the honor of reading the Torah law. They handed him the scroll. And he rolled it open. And it says that he went and found. He went for this particular scripture. So this is totally intentional. And he said these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to liberate the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then it says he gave the scroll back and he sat down and said today... This scripture has been fulfilled. Jesus' life shows us what the kingdom looks like. And he fulfilled this scripture because he healed the sick. He forgave the sinner. He fed the hungry. And he raised the dead. Okay, we move on to the next line. Thy will be done. If you know Hebrew poetry, especially as it shows up in the Psalms, also in many of the prophets, you find there's this typical style in their poetry. They'll state a line, and then the next line is basically a restatement of the same thing, just a reinforcement, add a little depth to it. But they're almost identical, and that's literally what's happening here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So if we want to add that depth that, that Jesus intends, we've got to ask what is meant by will? And that gets confusing for us sometimes because often we talk about wills as if it's some predetermined plan of God. Someone dies in your funeral home, somebody says, well, it was God's will. Or sometimes there's a tragedy that happens and, and just to bring some sense of comfort, we'll say, well, it was God's will. But that is definitely not what is meant here. I'm not sure if that's what is meant in most of Scripture. You can find a few Scriptures that emphasizes God's sovereignty to the point that it feels like everything is predetermined. But then when you look at the whole scripture, and when you use some practical theology, you realize that can't be. There'd be no human free will. The Greek word used for will here in this passage is the Greek word tholema. And it doesn't talk about an intention or a plan, It's actually a word used to describe emotion. And the best way to define this word, especially as it's used in this context, is to say it is God's heart's desire. It's what God wants for us. What God wants for all persons. And so it reinforces that thy kingdom come by helping us see that, that God wants what is best for each of us. Probably the best example we have of this is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's so important to realize that this wasn't some inevitable plan. Jesus could have walked away at any time. Jesus saw what was coming. It was foreboding to see Judas get up and walk out of the upper room. He knew, he sensed that he was going to be betrayed. And so while the disciples are sleeping, he goes off into the garden and prays alone. And he prays these words, Father, if it's at your will, not necessarily planned, but your heart's desire. It's the same Greek word here, thalema. Take this cup of suffering away from me. However, not my will, thalema, but your will, thalema, be done. And so Jesus, while some say didn't get his prayer answered the way he wanted because the cup wasn't taken away from him, his prayer was answered because he found the strength in that prayer to follow through on what was to come in the next 12 hours. Thy will be done. Thy thalema be done. God's heart's desire. And then finally we come to the last phrase for today. On earth... As it is in heaven, on earth, as it is in heaven. Now, there's a lot of churches that would say that our job is to get people to heaven, right? And we would quote John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life." That is the gospel. Well, if you pay attention to the Lord's Prayer, it is part of the gospel. It's an important part. But equally important are these words from the Lord's Prayer to make God's kingdom or God's will come down to earth. So if you focus on just the Lord's Prayer alone, our job is not so much getting people to heaven as it is to bring heaven down to earth, to make it a reality for every day. Matthew chapter 25 reinforces that. Jesus tells this story. Where you have the shepherd separating the sheep from the goats. And in this case, we want to be sheep. And what is used to determine who is the fold of sheep? Did you welcome the stranger? Did you bring drink to the thirsty? Did you clothe the naked? Heal the sick? Visit those in prison? Those are the ones who will be called and inherit the kingdom of heaven. The Lord's Prayer calls for the bringing together of two kingdoms, heaven and earth. So every day our job is to bring a slice of heaven to this world that has so much pain and suffering in it, to find someone who is not experiencing the blessings of God and bring those to them. So we respond with the gospel in whatever way it's needed. For some, they need the proclamation of the good news. For others, they need compassion, they need food, and they need shelter. Every summer, at an above-ground pool behind a house in what was one of the most violent neighborhoods in Kansas City, Adam Hamilton, pastor of Church of the Resurrection, has the honor of participating in a baptismal service organized by Bobby Joe Reed. Bobby Jo Reed became an alcoholic at an early age. As a young woman, she had known homelessness and prostitution. She had been insulted and almost killed. And in her last stint in the jail, she finally turned her life over to God and said, she prayed, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then in 2002, she had a vision to help other women like herself. Because what happens with so many who get put into jail for drug addiction, and then they're brought back out and they're just back on the streets. They don't have a place to go to get them out and remove from that environment. And she took an inheritance that she received from one of her parents who had passed away. And she bought an abandoned nursing home in one of the roughest sections of Kansas City, northeast Kansas City. And she fixed it up and started what is called Healing House. They have their own website, HealingHouseKC.org, if you want to look it up. And she provided a place for people to go to. And so many people experienced that help that she had to buy another house. And then a third, and then a fourth, and a fifth. Until today, there are houses and small apartment buildings scattered around Kansas City's historic northeast And on a given day, some 205 women, children, and men now live in community at Healing House. And that violent crime and crack houses are virtually eliminated now from that zip code in Kansas City. Bobby Jo Reed is doing her part to make God's kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. So what's God calling us to do as a church? How are we going to bring heaven down here into the lives of people in Noblesville and beyond? What are you going to do to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth? Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you help us to prayerfully consider these words and to let the Spirit speak to us about that small step that we can take the place where we can serve, that makes heaven real and alive, a slice of heaven here on earth, especially for someone who's not experiencing all the blessings that we experience. Give us that heart. Help us when we pray this prayer to take it seriously and live into that. This we ask in your name. Amen. Hi, my name is David McKenzie, uh, I'm the Student Ministry Director here at Noblesville First United Methodist. What is confirmation? Confirmation is the first time uh, we make our public proclamation of our baptismal vows, uh, so we're making a public proclamation confirmation of our faith and that we intend to walk in that relationship with Jesus Christ uh, and walk in grace it's a time where you can experience the fruits of intentionally uh, seeking a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ Uh, so if you have questions about confirmation or or why it uh, may make sense for you or, or even if it's just something you're you're wanting to just get more information on uh, please, please reach out to me, Pastor Jill, or anybody here in Noblesville first.
1: Hi, I'm Pastor Jill Moffitt, and I am currently teaching confirmation. We've been meeting since January. We've been covering topics such as why United Methodists. We've been learning about the grace of God. We've been learning about the ways that United Methodists serve, the way we pray. We've had guest speakers. We're learning about the history of the church, and all the reasons why the United Methodist Church is still a vital part of our world. Today. So I've really enjoyed working with these students. They've been inquisitive, they're curious, and open to learning. The mentors have been fantastic, and the parents have been very supportive as well. Uh, my name
2: is Tyler D. I like learning a lot about the history of the church. I've learned about the history, like a lot about um, John Wesley and like his background and like the story, the founding. I feel like learned more about Jesus and like help advance my faith.
1: So we plan to have our confirmation worship service on Sunday, March 20th at 2 o'clock p.m. in the sanctuary. All are invited to attend as we celebrate our youth. We have six confirmants, and they have been working really hard with their mentors and class and asking those tough questions so they get closer to God and to live into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm very excited for this group, and I hope that you are too. Thanks for all of your support.
0: So please, take their invitation seriously. At 2 o'clock next Sunday, here in the sanctuary, we'll be uh, celebrating this class of a service that's very meaningful for them that they'll remember the rest of their lives. White River Elementary School has reached out to us. At the beginning of the year, we put together an incredible snack drive. I think we took two truckloads of food over that's kept them going through most of the year. Uh, but they need another drive to help them finish out the year, so Please go to our graphic that looks just like this on our website and you'll find if you go to that page a list of the snacks that are most helpful to them. And so let's start uh, supplying them again as they finish out the year. They appreciate all that we do in our partnership. We uh, also want to encourage you to continue to bring in your pledges, either uh, get a card at the Welcome Center to make that pledge or go online and use our online version of it uh, for a mission outreach. We use these funds to support support many missions, including our teeter organic farm and, and some very special agencies throughout the community. So please uh, help us as we continue to be an externally focused congregation. Also, the conference, annual conference, uh, Indiana conference, has produced a very excellent Lenten devotional uh, from voices throughout the state and our leadership. So uh, if you like one of these, please uh, uh, contact the church office. We'll print one up for you. We gave out about 50 copies last week and we'll make as many as needed, but uh, they're kind of thick, so we don't want to make more than we need to. So contact the church office and we'll get one to you. Also, we want to make sure, as we're trying to make sure that the Lord's Prayer is something passed on to the next generation, we have got uh, 300 copies of Adam Hamilton's book that it wrote, he wrote for his granddaughter, Stella, uh, teaching and explaining the Lord's Prayer. So take as many copies as you need for your children or grandchildren to make sure that they learn what the Lord's Prayer is all about. Please use our next steps that you'll find on our website. It shares the upcoming events in the next week and also down the road, so please check those out. Also, it has all the links you need for giving and uh, other connections. Uh, and if you're visiting for the first time, please find Pam Kaplinger, our hospitality coordinator, and she'll get, give you a free gift and connect you with our various church ministries. And at any time, please be sure to continue to support all the faithful ministries of the church, either through your check here in the offering plate or go online to our website or giving a link on the website is, is uh, very good to work with, or download the app, and there's a very simple process there uh, to give any that you wish. invite you to pull out your connection cards. Be sure that you record your attendance, put your best method of contact, and look on the back. We've had some uh, important ministries that need volunteers, need support. Uh, One of those is that respite night is next Saturday. We have 39 children lined up to come, and about 15 volunteers, so we need more volunteers. So if you can help, uh, they'll get you trained, they've got an hour-long recording, you can Watch to get trained up and show up next Saturday. And appreciate the help that you can provide. Also, use this for prayer request And there's an online version of this for those of you watching at home. In that spirit, let us pause as we ask for God's blessings upon the tithes and the offerings that we share for the building of God's kingdom here on earth. Let's pray. Generous God, as we travel this Lenten journey. Allow us to walk beside Jesus as he makes his journey into Jerusalem. As we offer our gifts this morning, may it be our way of saying we won't turn away from the problems and conflicts of this world. But like Jesus, we'll walk toward them. All we take for the journey is the compassion, mercy, and sacrifice that he carried. Moving toward what waited in the Holy City, we journey in Christ's steps And pray in Christ's holy name. Amen.
2: worship for that time of prayer. We would like to lift up these prayer concerns to you today. We would ask that you would please pray for Jody and Michael Snell. Jody's mother Mary O'Connell is hospitalized in Illinois and will be having surgery for a brain tumor hopefully this week. We would also like to extend our sympathy to the Family and friends of Diana Morse, who died suddenly on March 6th. She and her husband Jan attended elderberries before COVID. Funeral arrangements are still pending. Burial will be in Crownland Cemetery. We also have learned this morning that a longtime member, Carolyn Johns, has passed away. Um, her funeral will be at the Logan Street, Randall and Roberts on Wednesday with viewing 11 to 1 and the funeral to follow. We'd like to also share some joys today. We celebrate the $10,000 sent to the Ukraine by the Indiana Annual Conference of the UMC from the Disaster Relief Fund. This is in addition to over $400 donated thus far from our congregation. If you wish to support the humanitarian relief efforts in the Ukraine, see the graphic link on our Noblesville First website. We would also like to celebrate that Ruthie Shue, who's back with us today, had a successful shoulder surgery. Um, She was discharged from the hospital um, in good time, as you can tell, and she would appreciate your prayers as she continues to heal. We would like to also share that our Noblesville First Confirmation class, led by Pastor Joe, had a wonderful experience Friday evening when we visited the Indianapolis Hebrew, Hebrew congregation in Meridian Hills, where we saw the Torah scrolls, learned about worship. Attended the service and heard part of the Old Testament story of Moses leading the people out of Egypt. We were warmly greeted and heard the phrase Shabbat Shalom many times during the evening. So, Shabbat Shalom to all of you. (laughs) At this time, We would also like to remind you to share your prayer concerns using our website link to the prayer request or use the Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is always available. And you are welcome to contact the pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line 317-773-2590. And now, please join in verses 1 and 3 of our prayer hymn, I Surrender All, number 354. Join me in the call to prayer. God of strength and comfort, we pause in the calm of your presence to set aside distractions and hear your voice. When things around us feel chaotic, you are peace. When so much around us is unreliable, you are faithful. When we are paralyzed by fear and anxiety, You give us hope, empower us to be your light in the world, and reveal yourself to us in the beauty of your creation, in the love and mercy of Christ, and through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before I pray the pastoral prayer, followed by the Our Father, let us spend some time in silence with what we would like to lift up to the Lord. Everlasting God, we have come to this time of prayer as a community of faith made up of individuals whose hearts, minds, and souls seek to know your work in our lives and in the world. We give you our thanks for hearing our prayers of concern and joy, those voiced out loud and those silently lifted up to you. May the joys we have lifted up remind us that good does abound as we care for one another. May our concerns lifted in prayer bring your comfort and peace to Mary as she seeks healing of her body, and Jan as he mourns the loss of his wife and the family of Carolyn Johns. We continue to pray for the Ukraine. In all the countries affected by the war in Eastern Europe. We pray for a peace to come. We pray for comfort in their need. We cling to the hope of your power and grace to wash over us and others, that we might do your will here on earth to move us closer to ushering in your kingdom among us, something we desperately need as we struggle with our anxiety and fears in a world filled with uncertainty due to war, health issues, economic and social injustices. None of us are left unaffected, O Lord. And these issues are complex and the solutions seem far off yet we know with you nothing is impossible. Therefore, we pray, O God, for your wisdom and strength, wisdom to lead us to know the ways we can help in solving the issues and strength to have the courage to step out of our comfort zones to work towards solutions that will move toward healing and the realization of your realm here on earth as it is in heaven. Empower us, loving God, to live the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, and we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom.
0: I challenge you this week to do something that brings a slice of heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.